Uh, our series is, uh, is going to continue on throughout the month of December. And what I wanted to do, and I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks of the series, is get you in position to really behold the, the things that I believe God would want us to, to discover in the Christmas season. And, and we've been talking about how hard it is to behold those things because, goodness, you know, it's a lot of chaos during the Christmas season. You know, one of the things that I do during the Christmas season and just some quiet moments is as I take time to think about, it, you know, things of the past in my life, things of the present in my life, things of the future, I particularly spend time in my own personal journey thinking about how God's promises were delivered in my past, in my present, and how I believe they will be in my future. And I put this in your notes. You know, I hope you'll take time those of you who are believers and you know about the promises of God, that you will take time to not forget those. I put in your notes, uh, Christmas reminds us of past, present, and future promises of God. And, and just in the arrival of Jesus, you know, there were past prophecies that he would come. And he came, and then in the present of his life, he lived out a life that you and I could discover the heart of God, and, and he did that. And then he ascended into heaven, and he gave us promises for the future, right? I mean, that's all a part of the, uh, of the journey of, of Jesus' ultimate arrival and, and ascension into heaven and what God has left for us, the wonderful counselor Jesus who ascends into heaven and leaves for us the Holy Spirit counselor for our lives. I want to talk, though, today about the importance of not just remembering what God has done past, present, and future in our own lives, but I think in the holiday season, Christmas season, I think of how I, I just reminisce. You know, we've got things on our Christmas tree to remember from Newark Christmas past and things like that, but I take time to think about the promises of how God delivered past, present, and future in the lives of others around me, in the work of our church. I can I can quickly go back to moments over the history of our church as I, of course, was immersed in the promises that God did for me, but how I wanted it so badly for others in our community, and I watched as people came to know Jesus Christ at a Christmas at Newwalk, and how cool of a thing that was to, to see that take place, and and, and I've watched it in the past, and I know in the, in the present and the future, God's going to continue to deliver that way. And, and I hope as you take time to immerse in all the things that God's done in your life, past, present, and future, you will keep an eye out this week on others and what God wants to do in their own journey so that they can have moments in the future where they remember the promises of God, past, present, and future. Wonderful Counselor, that's who Jesus is. Uh, did you know that Wonderful Counselor, and ultimately the gift of the Spirit of God that Jesus left for us, do you know that it means the revealer of divine secrets? That's what it means if you dig into it. Wonderful Counselor. The revealer of divine secrets. You know, when I encountered God through a relationship with Jesus Christ and and discovered his, his Holy Spirit, what, what I discovered in my life was wonderful counselor, the divine secrets of, of God. And, and those secrets have been important. They've been revealed to me through God. But, but I have them, but I want others to have them. I want others to have the roadmap for life, the roadmap to navigate, right? right? If, I told, if I told you, hey, you, you can have a, a navigation map, 
in your life that will take you to greater levels, greater living, take you out of low-level living, you would say, I I want that. And I know I would want that, and I discovered that, really the roadmap through God's word, I discovered that. But I should also say, I want others to have what it is that I have. And that reminder is, again, a part of our time together today as we celebrate God's promises, we go back and we remember in history that Jesus said, hey, I am leaving, and there there are some things I want you to remember as I leave this planet, and he's left, and he's gone, but in those times before he left in John 13, he, he says this. He says, dear little children, I am to be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, you will not be able to come where I am going. All right, so Jesus is saying, like, you've been with me, you've been journeying with me, but there's coming a time where I'm going to you know, go to the cross, die on the cross, rise from the dead, ascend into heaven, be seated at the right hand of the Father, and you're going to be here on earth, and you've got some work to do. And so then he says, the time is coming, but here's what I want to do. I want to give you a new commandment to pay attention to. And hey, you know, if, if there's a new commandment that Jesus is going to give in the final really days in his journey here on earth. He says, this is important to pay attention to. I want to pay attention to it. And he says this, that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. By this, all men, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. He's saying that, hey, I, I'm leaving, and, and here's an important thing. Remember, like, you have a work to do. What Jesus is saying is, like, how are you going to carry out the work that I have done? How are you going to do it? Well, you're going to do it. The power of God in your life, you're going to love one another. You're going to carry this message forward. It's going to be made known through love. And it sounds pretty nice when you read it, like, hey, yes, love one another. That really sounds nice. And it, and it is real, and, it, and it's important, but I think we could all agree uh, that it's hard to love one another at times. I mean, there, there's some difficulties in relationships. There's difficulties in communities, cultures. There's, different, there's difficulty loving at times one another. And Jesus says, but this is important. You will spread my message throughout communities, just like we have here in East Pasco. You'll do it by loving one another. And it's important now more than ever because as Christians, you know, we are operating in communities here in America where people are so confused about what love is. They just, people don't know. They certainly don't know what godly love is. They've never experienced it. I mean, there there are people now, you start thinking about what love is. Your definition of love could be really wildly different than what God would want you to understand love is. And it becomes our job as the believers to permeate our community with the real message of what God's love really is. Our world is struggling with what love one another actually means, this level of care that God wants us to reach our community with. Jesus giving this final command is so important because he always modeled, before he even gave this command, he modeled this. That's why I love studying Jesus' steps and the things that he did in his life because in those moments he was often modeling what he wanted 
for you and I. And before he even said in John 13, hey, this is the command I'm leaving for you, he lived out this picture of what it would look like so that we could take it in the year 2023 and keep going on that journey. There's this moment in John chapter 5, all right, so John 13 is where he gives that command. In John chapter 5, before all of that, he's living it out in one of the many times he's living it out. It says this in John chapter 5 and verse 1, later on, there was a Jewish festival, a feast, for which Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He was headed to Jerusalem for this feast. He, he, he's going to go gather there, but he's not there yet. What he does is now there is in Jerusalem a pool near the sheep gate. This pool in the Hebrew is called Bethesda, having five porches, alcoves, colonnades, doorways. And in these areas lay a great number of sick folk, some blind, some crippled, and some paralyzed, shriveled up, waiting for this bubbling up of the water. See, what would happen was, for an angel of the Lord went down, he appointed seasons in the pool, and moved and stirred the water. And whoever was first in that water after that stirring, after the stirring up of the water, whoever stepped in was cured of whatever disease with which he was afflicted. There was a certain man there who had suffered with a deep-seated and lingering disorder for, for how long? How long had been suffering? How long? 38 years. This is uh, important. I do want to just say, like, you know, this isn't some made-up place. You, you can go to Jerusalem and stand right there in this place where this, where this happened and, and, and encounter this, this area. But, but 38 years is, is a long time. And I want you to, though, as I'm reading this and we're unpacking it a little bit, uh, we, need to, we need to have sort of a, a, a kind of a lens to look through this of what, what Jesus is trying to reveal to us ultimately we see the physical ailment, right? We physically sick, ill, whatever, 38 years, whatever's going on for this man. And there's a physical thing in our mind. Right now, you're thinking of his ailments and you're thinking physically. What Jesus has come on the scene for is not just the physical, it's really the, the spiritual. And we could look at it and say, yeah, 38 years being ill, that's a long time. But folks, I, I just need to tell you that, I don't know if you know this, but there are people in our community who have been spiritually ill for 38 years. They just have. And it's one thing to be physically ill, but it's another thing to be spiritually ill. And so with that lens in mind, we keep going. It says, when Jesus noticed him lying there, he's helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you want to become well? Like, are you really in earnest? Are you interested in being well, And so I put in your notes, let's behold some love opportunities and behold love is here. I put in your notes, behold every moment and every opportunity this week, especially as we get ready for Christmas at New Walk, I want to specifically dial into the next week, opportunities that may present themselves for us to kind of care about what's going on in our community and people who need to be here at Christmas at New Walk. We're advancing God's love in our community, and we're going to do that by paying attention to opportunities. You know, when I got married, and some of you can relate to this, when you get married, people love to offer you advice. They just do. And some of it's very good, and some of it's just terrible. So you got to be very careful. But a, a friend of mine whose dad was a pastor, he gave me some advice when I was getting married, and he said things like, hey, you know, if you want a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage, he said, 
Pay attention to her. Honor her. Help her. Stay focused on her needs. And it's interesting when you consider what Jesus is doing going to the pool of Bethesda. He, he's going there specifically caring about the needs of somebody else. He, he's, you know, of course in his flesh could say he's hungry, he's going to go to this party. But no, no, no. He's outside of himself and his wants and desires because that's what Jesus does. And he models this moment of saying, hey, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I think, though, I got that advice in marriage. It's hard. It's easy to get lost in yourself, right? You could say, you know, in the marriage, I want to be focused on her and I want to have the best. We know that if a marriage, a marriage covenant, is going to be honored well. It's going to be a portrait of two people getting outside of themselves and caring about the needs of the person they're married to. And how do these relationships, what's at the core of these marriages going bad? Selfishness. You know, like instead of waking up saying, how can I honor her? How can I care for her? How can I love her? I, we wake up very quickly and very easily, and I've been guilty of this. Me, me, I want this. My day, I've got to. And when you do that for a day, a week, a month, years, all of a sudden you start to see the crumbling of any relationship and, of course, a marriage. Jesus is on his way, though, to this Jewish feast. It's a gathering. There's religious leaders there. And uh, yet he's going to stop. He's going to pause and say, what can I do in this moment for this individual 38 years He's not going to pass by. He's going to see the opportunity. You know, you read the text there, the Pool of Bethesda. Uh, it said it in the text, but just kind of, again, kind of summarize what's taking place here. People who were ill physically, they would gather at this pool area, and there were these stirrings of the pool. And the angel of the Lord stirred up, and the first people to get in after that stirring were the ones who would be able to be healed. And this guy, you know, he's on a mat, and he's crippled. He's, he's incapable of getting into the water unless somebody comes and helps him. And nobody's come and help him, so he every, somebody always beats him to it. And so he misses those moments for healing, and Jesus stops by and spends time with him. And I think what I wanted us to see in this text is this week could be very busy for you. It probably will be. I mean, what do we do typically during the Christmas season? We, I mentioned this in week one. We, we go to parties, you know, and we, we go to the mall. And we buy stuff and we're shopping or whatever we're doing and wrapping and preparing for the day. But on top of that, we, we go to work and we pick up our kids from school and drop them off and do all the other things that we normally do throughout the year, but we just add all this other stuff in the holiday season to what we've already been doing. And it can be really heavy and chaotic. And this is exactly what causes us to miss some of the great opportunities in the Christmas season. It doesn't mean we're bad people when we miss great opportunities. It just means we're busy. And what opportunities might God reveal to you this Christmas season? How about a coworker this week that you know is struggling? Spending time and an opportunity, pulling up alongside them to talk to them. A friend, a family member. I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, don't come alone. You know, who, who is it that you know, like, hey, they, they've been in a position where 
They need somebody who will just take the opportunity, not let it pass by, but take the opportunity to pay attention. And uh, this is hard. If I was headed, I'll just be honest, if I was headed to a feast, it'd be really hard for me to stop because I got my mind on the feast. They probably got some good wings there. I mean, that's just like really good. And I don't want them to get cold. So, I mean, and the guy, look, he's been there for 38 years. I'll come back later because he'll probably be there. You know, and, and usually at these parties, there's good appetizers. Like, if you had the pretzel bites that got cheese in them, or you can dip them in cheese, they're so good. And what other appetizers are there? So, I mean, I can relate. It could be really easy for me to go, hey, let's skip this moment. Let's go to the party. Let's not pay attention. That's not what Jesus is modeling here for us, this man at the pool, his moment had come his healing day had arrived and Jesus is doing that moment modeling it but here we are in 2023 and again Jesus is not here and so we are the people that stop we are the people that pause we are the people that stand in that gap in that moment and say hey in the middle of all the chaos this week who do I know it's in a position of unhealthiness and 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 it is us and it does us here, New Walk for East Pasco, like, it, it's us. I, I said a few weeks ago, like, I, and I was reminded of this this week, somebody was telling me, he's complaining to me about politicians at all different levels. As though these politicians are going to make some great change in the human heart. Not possible. We are the people that purvey that message of Jesus Christ, who is the game changer for people's lives. And so we're not sitting around waiting for somebody else to do it. We're not hoping politicians will come through. We are the people that bring that love to other people so that they can ultimately have a healing encounter with Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's a smile that starts a conversation. Sometimes it's, it's a hug or sometimes it's, you know, how are things going? It, it's a question. Sometimes it's just a, a message to a, a friend or a family member. Hey, you, you want to you wanna join me this weekend at New Walk? Sometimes it's just encouraging words. You know, we're living a world today where there's so much discouragement and there's so much negativity. In fact, there's people that are negative towards one another. We can stand out more than ever before if we, if we just encourage people with our words, like people pay attention to people who encourage. My goodness, what difference could we make if we just spent time encouraging, then all of a sudden we get these opportunities to encounter these people who've been years, years, years wondering if there's any spiritually healing. They've been bitter. They've been broken. Something happened in their past. They did something. Somebody did something to them. They've been weighed down by something. They've lost. They don't know what the meaning of life is. I don't know what it is, but they feel like something is missing on the inside. We are the people that behold those opportunities. I put in your notes, we behold genuine concern. Jesus sees the opportunity, but he asks the question, knowing, it says in the scripture, that he had already, Jesus knew, he'd already been in this condition for a long time. He said to him, do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? I mean, I could see the guy thinking to himself, duh, bro, I've been here a long time. I want to get well. Of course I do. But what Jesus is digging here, and we see this model on other occasions, he, he, he's digging in on like, no, 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 do you, 
do you really want to get well? Do you, do you want to go beyond the physical? Are you interested in what I really have to offer? Right? It's like that woman at the well we've talked about a couple times over the last few months where like, if you knew who you were talking to, you would want the living water that I have. Jesus is in this moment saying, like, I know you're trying to get into that pool, but I have something to offer you that's beyond what's in that pool. It's beyond just a physical healing. I have come to reveal to you a spiritual healing. And this is the point where you go past the surface level and you get to what's really going on behind the scenes. And this is a challenge in our culture today because, as you know, we live in a world today that is better than ever before about putting on facades. I mean, we live in a culture today where we can make our hair do this and our bodies look like this and, and our marriage seems like this on the surface and everything can look really, really good. And if it doesn't, we just edit a little bit and then post. So we live in a culture today that can really put on facades. And if you and I want to get to the heart of the issue that people are struggling with, we go beyond like, oh, let, let's not talk about just physical things here. Let's talk about spiritual issues, right? Like, like the external thing this coming weekend is, hey, do you want to go sledding at Newwalk in real snow? Yes. Okay, but do you want to come by the stirring of the waters where the pool is inside the sanctuary where people can be healed in a very real way as they encounter Jesus Christ? Two very different things. One, very superficial. The other is the actual encounter and the full healing of what's going on on the inside. We want people to discover that, right? I, you come to this church long enough, I'm talking to you about, you know, finding purpose for your life and, and uniqueness and, and design and plans and all the things that God has in store for you. And many of you have figured that out. Like there was something more going on behind the scenes and I discovered that for my life and that's been great. And I have that and many of you have that, but I want people to see the big picture for their own life, Psalm 139, that my God was knitting them together in their mother's womb. God had a design and plan for them a long time ago. It goes on in the scripture in John 5, it says this in verse 7. The invalid answered, Sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me into the pool. But while I'm trying to come into it, somebody else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Hey, when... <laughs> We don't even need to get into that water. We can, we, we, can, we can do this quick. Look, get up, pick up your bed, pick up your mat, pick up the pad that you've been sleeping on, and walk. And instantly the man became well. He recovered his strength, picking up his bed, and he walked. And that happened on the Sabbath. And I don't have time to talk about some of that because there's a whole other sermon in there about it happening on the Sabbath. But there's something going on here. Like, yes, Jesus did heal people physically, so that he could draw attention to what he wanted to do spiritually for people. And in this moment, we see this physical healing. But what Jesus is doing is presenting something, helping somebody in the spiritual realm. I put this in your notes. We want others to behold what we're beholding. What a journey for this guy to have to wait. I mean, 38 years. That's a long time, folks. I mean, in our culture today, like, we don't like waiting. At, everything's instant now. If the pizza says it'll be there in 30 minutes and it's 31 minutes, you're freaking out. And this guy has waited 38 years. 
and I didn't miss this, and I hope you didn't either. He had nobody to pick him up. 38 years, nobody stopped and cared about his situation. Can you imagine? Not until Jesus finally stopped and said, hey, I want you to, to know that God cares and that's not lost on me that we have people in our community that are hurting spiritually and nobody's taking the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. I mean, this is why churches are imploding. This is why churches in America end up shuttering their doors because the people in the church stop seeking opportunities to help others know what it is they already have. It's damaging to our faith. What makes a vibrant church when the people leave a setting like this and they say, Who, who's been waiting by the pool for 38 years without anybody coming alongside and helping him? We go out and we say, man, I, I, can, like, I, I can do that. I can have a little moment. I can have a little conversation. I can open up a little bit of dialogue because people in our community are hurting. And Jesus shows up, brings healing and says, just right where you are, pick up the mat and walk. Jesus does something that we know will happen here next weekend. Uh, he'll be healing people from the inside out. And you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, there's others here. I mean, you've been to a Christmas at Newwalk when dozens of people in a moment like this will make a commitment to say yes to Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. The Spirit of God starts stirring the pool starts bubbling up and people get in. And it will happen again next week. And I can take time this holiday season to already thank God for his promises being fulfilled next week. But it happens in an even greater way when you do your part to make sure people get to those living waters. There's ways to be involved. You can serve. And you can make sure that people can have the freedom to have their kids watched or Winter Wonderland and all the other stuff we're doing and make sure they can get right here to the, to the sanctuary and hear a message. You can serve. We have nine different experiences at Christmas at Newwalk. I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you know, especially at Winter Wonderland, we, we could utilize some, some help to, to serve at each of those nine experiences. It came into this weekend. They said, Pastor Gary, if you can get a dozen people in each of our four services, two Saturday night to Sunday night, I think we'll have enough. If you're one of those folks that said, hey, you know what, this is my church home, but I'm not serving, you can help us do one of these winter wonderland experiences outside, just helping kind of the kids do whatever's going on out there, or serving hot chocolate or whatever it is. If you are interested and able to help us, write WW for Winter Wonderland on the back of your Connect card that you got when you came in, a little long card there, just write WW. And circle it, drop it in the buckets. When the buckets pass at the end of our time together, we will reach out to you this week and figure out when it is that you can help us. So we need, again, about a dozen people in this time here, as I'm speaking, at least a dozen that can help us, you know, be a part of something to make sure that people experience the movement of God inside this place. And you can also, as I mentioned before, you can invite. Uh, maybe you utilize our social media graphics that are out there to, to send a, a direct message to somebody or to, to invite some friends that, that you know of. Maybe you have those conversations at work or friends and family and you say, hey, you want to join me? You want to meet me to be a part 
of Christmas at Newwalk. In 2023, Christmas at Newwalk, right here in this place, people will be set free. People will experience the healing of God as they've been searching for freedom, as they've been dealing with their own spiritual brokenness, they will encounter what it is that they've been looking for all along. I think we sometimes don't realize the power of what one person can do. You, you know, when, when one person invites another person and that person says yes to Jesus Christ and then their family starts coming and they say yes to Jesus Christ and their family and friends are there and the extended family starts coming and another one says yes to Jesus Christ, it, it can build really not just in that generation, but for generations to come. It, it's a powerful thing when you and I help somebody come to know Jesus Christ, but we can do our part to help one person who's spiritually hurting to stop and say, hey, there's something going on I, I want to tell you about an opportunity to have something change in your life. And, and one turns into two, and two turns into 10, 10 turns into 20, and one day we're standing in eternity and we see how many people we know there because we took time in one moment and in one opportunity. Like we get to be a part of that. We have a place in the work of the kingdom of God. Jesus models it. Love one another by that pool of Bethesda. And yet here we are in 2023 with the same opportunity to care for people in our community who are hurting to just take one moment to make sure they know about Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, we are ready for this week. And every one of us, just maybe right now in this moment, we can think of somebody who's maybe hurting or maybe we were able to just ask some questions this week and we can get past the facades and invite somebody to Christmas at New Walk who needs to be there. Maybe just the simple invite alone is, is what somebody needs. God, utilize us to not just be us four and no more, just one or two. Like we want others to join us this weekend coming up. God, I pray that you will just reveal and prompt. We're gonna be on our way to malls and activities and schedules, but prompt us in those moments to just stop and pay attention. Right now, if you're here this morning and your story is that, uh, you know what, you you have been hurting for years on the inside and you do pretty good on the outside but there's something going on on the inside and you've been searching and wondering and there's a brokenness or something going on that has been messy you just want to encounter the freedom by that poolside that this man encountered you can experience it today right where you're at do you want to get well and the Bible says, for all who receive the gift of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness of sin, you can have a relationship with God and you can be forgiven, set free, put in a new life where the spirit of God is, there's freedom. And he's here right now. And he says, man, I'm stirring the waters right here in this room. You want a healing? Invite Christ into your life. Say yes to God's one and only son, Jesus Christ today. God, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you are the gift that was sent here 